0: Hello and welcome to the Nourish Practice podcast, a podcast focused on all things intuitive eating, intuitive movement and helping you heal your relationship to food while moving away from diet culture in hopefully a nice, relaxed way. There'll be a mixture of solo episodes and guest interviews. Any topics you would like included, just send me a DM on Instagram at Nourish Practice and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Nourish Practice podcast podcast today we are talking all things intuitive eating and working out now 9 times out of 10 exercise is good for us for our joints cardiovascular health our lungs mental health the list goes on i mean there's a reason they tell us to do it all the time and we're constantly being reminded about how much we should do however there's always that one time out of 10 pushing through injury becoming a bit dependent on exercise exercising while under fueled that maybe isn't good for us and maybe rest is a little better So let's talk a little bit about how to work out, quote unquote, I'm going to use the term exercise, movement, physical activity interchangeably, because to me they mean the same thing. And we're going to talk about how they intertwine with the intuitive eating framework, how you can move a bit more intuitively and when sometimes the most intuitive thing you can do is not to listen to your body, which sounds really contradictory, but I will explain. So pause with me for a second before we start. And without preempting anything, I want you to think of the word exercise in your brain. First thing, was it positive or negative? Did you shudder at the thought? Was it, ah, oh, it's okay? Or was it happy? What word, thought or feeling immediately followed it? Do you hear exercise and a memory flashes up of PE in school? Do you think exercise and suddenly you hear like, ugh, you feel apprehensive? Do you think exercise and you think, ah, movement? Again, it's just what word follows. What is your brain naturally thinking of? What do you associate? And we're going to move on from that because it's not judging, it's not analysing it, it's just bringing awareness to our feelings around exercise and what our natural brain patterns currently are at. So, when it comes to the intuitive eating framework and movement, there's two things that we need to consider before we even start to think about adding movement because we're talking about adding here. So, first things first the eating disorder question. If you're currently experiencing an eating disorder, you're very underweight, or have a, a condition that means you need to focus on refeeding and gaining weight, you're probably going to be told to cut back on most, if not all movement, apart from maybe yoga, very, very minimal movement, just sitting and being with your body. And that's for health reasons. And in that case, we don't want to add any movement. And we don't want to reinforce what could be a negative relationship with movement. So maybe you focus on refeeding, you focus on other aspects of intuitive eating or on working with your health, your relationship with food and movement, and you return when you need to. Further to that, do you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise? Sometimes maybe a little what we'd call obsessive. Does this need to be dealt with first? There is no point in me talking about adding movement, finding movement you like. If you're just going to use it as a way to punish yourself, an unhealthy coping mechanism or reinforcing that negative relationship. That fire doesn't need more fuel. Often you need to reduce or even take some time out and not do any movement. And that's a whole separate conversation that you might need to have with yourself, with whoever's supporting you or even with a professional if need be. Now we've got through both of those caveats. Now let's talk about adding some movement. Now, in the intuitive eating framework, we base this on what is called the hedonic theory of motivation. Sounds fancy, right? But it also has the word motivation, and that can be a bit of a negative thought for many. We think, oh, you're just not motivated enough to wake up at 4am and work out before work. You're just not motivated enough. It's often used as a bit of an attack on someone who's not moving. But actually, motivation is just your reason for doing something. And this theory basically says we repeat activities that feel good. Sounds simple, sounds obvious, but it makes a lot of sense. So all we need to do is find an activity that feels good to us. And I know for me with something such as running, even if I'm not in the mood, not feeling great, but I know afterwards I will feel better. And that means it's an activity that feels good. It makes me feel better and approach my day better. And so therefore, I'm more likely to redo it. The same happens for any form of exercise that you enjoy. But that also means if we think of the inverse, you don't enjoy it, you're not likely to repeat it. If you're punishing yourself with exercise, there's not going to be a motivation to keep going. Makes a lot of sense, right? So although intuitive eating is about listening to our body, knowing our body, it's also sometimes about knowing our patterns. It's not giving ourselves full permission to do things that don't make us feel great. I know some days just being loaf on the sofa is 100% what I need and I savour that time. I really enjoy it. I feel rejuvenated and I often have more energy the day after. However, other days I know if I don't do some form of movement, I'll be grouchy, a little anxious maybe. And so if I listen to my body on the surface level and just, I don't want to do anything, I'm not feeling it. Actually, I'd probably end up wallowing, feeling worse, have a lot of energy that I just haven't been able to use in my body. But knowing my body's patterns, I knew what was good for me overall. I know what it needs. And only you know that for yourself and when it comes to movement. That's not going, oh, I don't feel it, but I'm going to push through because my body's feeling really run down and ill. No, that's not listening to your body. It's saying, I know my body best and I need to move. I just mentally have a bit of a barrier right now. And again, only you know that with time. Again, it's building that relationship with yourself, noticing patterns in how you move and how you are and what works best for you. So although it sounds a little not intuitive in that we're ignoring that initial, I don't want to do it, it's being intuitive because we know that deeper level of this is what I need right now. So now that theory of motivation, I know it feels good, so I repeat it. Now think about how you move, how you exercise, how you work out, whatever word you want to use. Does it feel good rejuvenating you rather than just exhausting you? And sometimes it can be rejuvenating while also physically exhausting, and that's fine. Does it enhance that mind-body connection? Are you present in your body? Does it help with stress? Or is it just causing you more stress? Do you genuinely enjoy it? Even if sometimes we go, oh, I hate that morning circuits class. It exhausts me. There's a level of enjoyment underneath, and there's kind of that camaraderie and all talking about how much you hate it. But does it do you genuinely enjoy it and what does it inspire in you a feeling of accomplishment of strength of freedom of joy of connection whatever it is or is it just I have to try and do this because xyz and this may even differ session by session I've lost count of the amount of sessions I've stopped 5 10 15 minutes in not feeling it knew it didn't serve me left and now I, I know with the class that can be difficult, but even in yoga classes, we say to people, it's not serving you. You can leave. I've had people leave halfway through a session and just say, I'll explain later. It's just it, I wasn't in a great headspace or it wasn't feeling good in my body. And that was OK. It's always perfectly fine. Listening to your body is always most important. And there'll always be tomorrow to do another session, do a class, do whatever it is. Or it may be that you tried to go to a hit class, but actually your body needed something gentle and you can provide it that instead. So even changing right then and there. As we talked about last week, the last stage of intuitive eating is all about that pursuit of pleasure. And this applies to movement too. It's not just foods that make you feel good. It's finding what form of movement makes you feel good. That's capital U. Not what anyone else enjoys. Not what you've been told burns the most calories or get you fit. It's what do you enjoy. Because what makes you feel good, you'll repeat again, going back to that theory of motivation. Now, How do you do that if you've always hated exercise or you're struggling a little bit right now? Well, first things first, and this is, again, very optional because it can be a little triggering, and if you want to skip on, that's fine. I want you to think back to why you don't like exercise. Was it forced on you when you were younger, especially in relation to your weight or your body? Did you hate PE at school for social reasons, teacher, whatever it was? Trace it back to that root and start to think, is it different now? Am I going through that same situation? How have things changed? Start to reinforce the idea that you're in control. You have the power now. Secondly, all movement counts. Even the Mighty Who, World Health Organisation team, say that exercise is a subcategory of physical activity. They even say that playing, gardening, chores, etc. all count. And Little things like adding small steps into your day make a difference. I used to walk to the water machine at work all the time. You'd constantly see me back and forth. And that just helps me get more steps in. I took a small bottle that needed refilling and that really worked for me just to break up my day a little bit. Now, I hate to be at the mercy of technology, but when my watch tells me to get up every so often, I like that little reminder that Maybe I've been sitting for a little longer than I thought. I got into whatever I was doing, and actually I do need to move a little bit. And if you're an office worker, please try and leave your desk for lunch. There's a whole range of reasons to do with eating instructions, etc. to do this, but it also gets you moving and up and out of your chair. Number two, list what you want to do. Somewhere you can see it, whether it's on your phone, written down, whatever, but make a list of movements that you want to try. Maybe it's a circus class. Maybe you want to swim the channel one day. Go as big as you would like. It's not something that has to be done today or even tomorrow. But just start to get excited about movement. Set some goals. Often when we do things, we like to have a reward. That's why runners do races with a medal. That's why we do things to have that sense of achievement. Get excited about movement. And also, maybe it's something you want to plan like a dance class for an event or something with that in mind. Now, I want to start thinking about ticking one thing off. Maybe you book a trial, maybe you inquire a running group, inquire a studio, maybe you just start researching it. We don't want to be overwhelmed, but we want to take that first step. And as someone on the other side of the screen, when someone books a trial, it is a great feeling. We'd love to welcome you in. It's not burdensome at all, and you can ask any questions. So know that Pretty much most people in that movement space are there to welcome you and help you. And that is their focus. Third thing, make it a date. Friend, family, partner. Even if it's a group of complete strangers, again, I mentioned running team, things like that. Social movement is a great way to move the body and make friends. And we say it's sort of covert movement. You're so focused on socialising and getting to know people that sometimes you forget you're even moving which for some is a real help when it comes to that movement itself. Number four, list the benefits of exercise that are important to you. There is no point in knowing that exercising, for example, improves your sleep quality. If you're already a solid sleeper and it makes no real difference to your life. But, for example, knowing that exercise increases your bone density, if you're worried about osteoporosis, which a lot of women especially are, might be an important factor in your brain. I've seen lists such as exercise helps me pick my child up from the ground or keep up with my grandchildren. Having something tangible, this is the benefit to me. It is not a list of medical reasons, which are valid and important, but aren't really important to you here and now, compared to something that is tangible and you will keep at the front of your mind. And notice, does this change how you viewed exercise a little bit? Rather than going, oh, exercise is going to improve my cardiovascular health. Great. You've now gone, exercise will help me run around my children. Exercise will help me catch that bus on the way to work. Little things, does that change how you view that form of exercise? Next thing, get to know your own barriers. Now, we all have them. Things that stop us moving, exercising, whatever term you want to use. And some you might not even think about, and there's probably more than those on here. But think about your own. So we have, for example... Was exercise ever used as punishment? That may have caused a little bit of a mental barrier. Were you ever teased when you were exercising? Automatically. You might, again, have that little bit of anxiety. Do you use exercise to compensate for your eating behaviour? That maybe needs to be addressed. Do you use exercise often when starting a new diet? And that's the only time you've exercised before. So is there an association in your mind? Do you tend to set really lofty goals straight away? Do you say, I'm going to run for an hour straight rather than, I'm going to run to the end of the road and back to start? Are you in a cycle of big goals, never being met, and not feeling great and starting over? Do you feel like you don't have enough time to exercise? Are you choosing really time-consuming exercise methods rather than small chunks? Um, I follow a PT on Instagram, she calls them exercise smacks. That's one of my favourite phrases. Small little bits of exercise, even cleaning the house. Does your work limit your ability to exercise? Whether it's the amount of work, the stress or travelling. Do you lack confidence when exercising? Maybe you need to go with a friend or speak to a trainer who can help you. Do you worry about being injured from exercise and the effect on on your life, your livelihood, depending on what you're doing? Do you feel like you can't afford the clothing or equipment to exercise? I know, for example, running is seen as, oh yes, it's just a pair of trainers, but that can get expensive in itself. Now, if you are part of a charity organisation, I will double check this on their website, but the movement provides exercise clothing that brands have nicely donated to the members who use the service. So I would definitely get in touch with them if you are struggling on the clothing front and need some help. Now I want you to brainstorm some solutions to these. And it may be that for some of them you can't think of a solution right now, and that's okay. You may be lacking confidence, but feel like in order to approach a trainer, you need to have more time and be a bit more in a financial situation where you can do that. Great. You know what you need to do in the future. You may be thinking, oh, I only exercise when I'm on a diet and I'm in that cycle. OK, maybe we need to address that. Maybe you set two big goals. Let's stop breaking them down. Again, just having steps, changing that mindset from this is a barrier to this is how I get over it. Now, I hope all five of these have been helpful. I will no doubt pepper in more information in the podcast, on the website, loads on the Instagram already, if you're not already following. And a little side note that I, if you didn't know, I'm also a martial arts instructor, yoga teacher, and hopefully soon to be Pilates instructor. So do reach out if any of those forms of movement do tickle your fancy, especially something like yoga. It's very come as you are. To be honest, they all are, but yoga especially. It's come as you are do as much as you would like to you're more than welcome to just relax on the mat and take some your time and that's absolutely fine with that i hope you have a wonderful day and find movement that